Hi everyone, and welcome to the 215th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. Churro. What up? Lately, I've been feeling like Aladdin. I thought you were going to say I've been having these weird thoughts lately. <laughs> no, but good good call. Uh, no, actually, I've not been feeling like Aladdin. You know who I've been feeling like? Genie? Jasmine. Jasmine? I've been feeling like Jasmine. You know why? Why? Because now I'm in a whole new world with you. The world Namely, ends with that you? world is Twitch. Because you've there been there you for a while. A little over a year, yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, we we used to be there doing Twitch for uh, KH Union, but I've been doing it now uh, in in a more uh, personal way. Uh, any of you? Of fun, ain't it? Yeah, it's it is a lot of fun. So, any of you who have been uh, th- that follow me on on Twitter uh, may know that I've been uh, yeah streaming quite a lot. I'm remaking Celis from Final Fantasy VI. In the style of the Final Fantasy VII remake in 3D, you know, I've I've made allusions to in the past the fact that I'm a, you know, training to be a 3D character artist. So if you want to see what that process is like, please follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Brandon Go, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-G-O. And, and Churro, you also stream a lot. Yes. Chur- now, Churro... Uh, are you technically a variety streamer? Is that uh, I don't know much about Twitch terms. Is that what is is that what you do? Yeah, base. Okay. I try to I try to focus on like RPGs because I love RPGs. But at the same time, yeah. I can dabble into uh, open world action, uh, yeah. horror, you know, MMOs, visual novels. So yeah, I think the correct term would be more of a variety streamer. Yeah. But I do know that you have like some consistent games, like you you have the Doki Doki series on there, and yeah, you know Resident Evil comes up a lot, and then you know Kingdom Hearts for sure, Final Fantasy, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Then you know I still have um, Xenoblade to play, and, right? Right. You know I I did I did do a few other RPGs. I did um, Super Mario RPG, so I have been you know dabbling into. When I fell in love with games in the first place, which was, you know, RPGs. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know if you feel this way, Churro, but at least for me, um, uh, moving to doing my uh, art making process uh, on Twitch, it was almost like, uh, you know, this is something I'm doing already anyway. So why not, you know, start streaming it on Twitch? You know, that's kind of what it was. It was like this is something like if I was, you know, spending my time doing anything else, it would be this. So if I can, uh, you know, get on Twitch and, uh, you know, stream for people, uh, people can learn more about 3D. I can make, you know, uh, more friends and more fans for my art. And uh, at least in my case for artwork. It's actually really nice because when I'm on Twitch, I'm really focused. Like, I get so much work done. There you go, because it's like you're actually, that's your main focus is what you're doing. So, like, exactly. the same thing with me when I play video games. It's like, I'm so focused that sometimes I forget to even speak while I'm streaming. So it's like, right? so I'm like, I'm so into what I'm playing. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm still live. Hey, yeah. how's it going, chat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I can uh, I, I can definitely feel that sometimes. So uh, yeah, so Churro, what's your what are you on Twitch? It is I Churro, so it's the letter I and then Churro, C H U R R O. All right, so definitely uh, follow follow Churro, follow me, Brandon Go on, on Twitch, and uh, yeah, lately I've been like trying to stream mostly every day. Uh, I usually stream at really inconvenient times for people in the West, which I think is probably most of our audience. So I, I apologize for that. But I, I, I don't know if you've heard this advice, Churro, but the biggest advice that I've heard about Twitch is you need to be more than being convenient. You need to be consistent. Oh, yeah. 
Like, that's the main thing that I've heard. But that's only so, if you want to grow as a streamer. Like, if you're yeah, there, true. if you're using Twitch as a leisure thing like I am, for me, that's streaming true. is a way to break out the normality of my workaholic life. Yeah, so okay. So basically, it's, you know, if my streams, you know, improve and all that, great. Fantastic. But if it doesn't, hey, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like for me, I I I do want my Twitch to grow, of course. Like there there's no like I, I you know, I I do try a little bit to, you know, try to improve it and make it uh you know, put it on the track for growth. But ultimately for me, like I was saying, you know, this is something I would be doing otherwise anyway. So um Twitch is just a, a nice tool nice thing that I can do that's not my 3D work, but it actually helps my 3D work because it helps me focus. I sit down, get a lot done, and we have a great time on with with the people in the chat. It's a lot of lot of lot of good stuff. Yeah, and, the only, and then the only way to grow your Twitch stream is you know you have to be active with within other streams too and connect with yeah. them. And then yeah, that's so basically, true. Basically, like any other social media, you know. Yeah, that's 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 super true. Yeah, I uh. <laughs> My current interaction is uh I have my mentor who he's he's pretty big on on Twitch. Uh he's a guy named Nimlo26. He's a uh uh so he's he is my actual 3D mentor that I pay and he trains me in 3D. Uh but he's also a Twitch streamer and streams everything he makes on Twitch. And uh basically uh my interaction with him on Twitch is always hilarious because he hates Final Fantasy and I'm making a Final Fantasy character and I'm paying him to effectively uh help me through the process of making a Final Fantasy character. So it's pretty funny. So every everybody has a good laugh at uh at his expense and sort of at me for uh picking him to be my mentor. But hey There you go. If people if people get a kick out of it, I, I don't mind uh, putting that on display. So uh, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at CageUnion... We have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. And I'm going to say um, this is a news question mark <laughs> segment. Because I'm sure, as most of you know. Uh, I think there's going to be a common theme this year. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that just <laughs> comes with the territory of this year for Kingdom Hearts. So, Yeah. Expect a heavy question mark on this new segment, but I think it'll be interesting discussion nonetheless. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Lewis James, Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orbayun Ray, Barry Norton, who's at or- Nortron Zero, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, uh, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namejin, Miles Ribbons, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes22, Yam Potato, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We got Noah Latrell, Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Fayez Bialy, Joshua Johnson, who's at The Cancer Bus, Freya Stella, Lauren Luzcombe, Tim Michael Vern, who's at Phoenix Zero Two SA, Marco Liliu, and Timmy Turner's babysitter. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And as a reminder, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers are fair game. Alright. As for the news in this episode. Jero, we've we've uh, brought this up in the past. Um Cage Insider has been uh, thoroughly covering this uh, news, I guess, so I I figured it might be interesting to talk about. Um, The Kingdom Hearts Scholastic novel series has been canceled. 
Oh, no. Taro, I have two questions for you. What's it? How shocked and saddened are you about this? Those are my two questions. Um, can I answer with another question? Yes. Um, I totally forgot it existed, so I, um, I don't think I remember this existing at all, so <laughs> I don't think I remember, question mark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so as far as I remember from the past, uh, was that, so Schoolastic had that book deal to make a guidebook for Kingdom Hearts. So that and that came out. It, it wasn't was, very good, but it, it existed. Wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And then there were some rumors and then apparently an author that works with Scholastic sort of confirmed that yes, they are they were working on a quote-unquote middle grade, which I guess means like middle school age reading level or maybe just like late elementary school reading level book or book series novel series that would take place in the kingdom Hearts series star a brand new cast of original characters that were just for the novel and uh they that it wouldn't really interact with the main story of kingdom hearts but will involve a lot of the you know the universe of kingdom hearts and uh, there, there was a woman uh, named Brooke Vitali that uh, was sort of attached to this. And finally, after uh, oh, and then the last thing we heard was that it was put on hold due to the whole COVID nineteen thing. So originally it was like I don't know, I guess rumored in twenty nineteen, but then twenty twenty happened and it was still on hold. And then now it seems like for real, it has been canceled. And uh, so to answer my own question, how shocked am I? I'm not shocked. Uh, I believe when we did talk about this, Tara, I know you don't remember, but at least when we did talk about this, I'm pretty sure uh, our general consensus was this ain't going to happen. Because, of course, it's not going to happen. This is Kingdom Hearts. Everything in Kingdom Hearts that happens is canon and Tetsuya Nomura is involved with it. That's how that's how this works. Yeah. The only, the only Nomura thing is not going to let that happen. Yeah. No, uh, honestly, do you think Nomura had it? Might have had a say in it. I I wonder if he'd even got that far. I I wonder if maybe it just got to Square Enix and they just instantly rejected it without even getting to Nomura on it. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But you, but yeah, like hypothetically, if it did get to Nomura, instant buy, not happening, gone. Because apparently he was, remember when they were about to do the uh, the animated series a long yeah. time ago? I think, um, didn't Namara know about that and he wasn't happy about it? Uh, I, I don't, from what I remember when I talked to Seth Kearsley, he didn't make it clear whether or not Namora knew about it. All he, all, all Seth Kearsley said was that Disney got back to him, said that they didn't want to pursue it. And the reason was that uh, Square uh, announced sequels, okay. and then they just decided to cut it off. So I don't know if they uh, if they were just incubating the animated series project in private, and just sort of assumed that Nomura was done with the property, uh, and then like once the sequels were announced, they just decided to cut it off. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but. Um, but yeah, that I mean, whether or not Nomura knew or not, that that's a project absolutely right there that was canceled for similar reasons. So yeah, that j- just more fuel to the fire that there was no way this was going to happen, no way in hell. So yeah, not surprised. Um, I guess the other kind of interesting thing about this, and you know, uh. Take it for what it is. Uh, so Brooke Vitale on Twitter basically was saying uh, with regards to because a lot of people were asking like about the canonicity of this the whole time. And she she left it off with this interesting statement where I'm not really sure where to take it. Um, uh, so the quote is so I'll, I'll just get to you uh, to the, the juicy part of the quote. 
But I will tell you, because I know this was a big talking point, the plan changed and it was not going to add to the canon. Which isn't surprising. Yeah, so ultimately the the book series, whatever it was going to be, was that it wasn't going to add to the canon, but the weird part about the wording is is that the plan changed and it was not going to add to the canon, which you could take that to mean it was going to be canon, but then the plan changed and then it wasn't going to be canon. So maybe at some point, somebody somewhere, where it's Schoolastic or at Disney, I doubt Disney because I think Disney would know better, but maybe Schoolastic, maybe they were thinking like, hmm, maybe we could like add add something that like is somehow related to the canon in the books, and maybe they'll get that accepted. It's either that or the plan about the novels changed. And in addition, or separate from that, and it was never going to be canon. So wording-wise, very unclear whether or not it was going to be canon. But at least at some point in the process, there was a point in the thought process of this that it was not going to be canon. That it was decided not to be canon. Also, Churro, surprising no one. It seems like the the writing process like barely even started at all on this. So, here's what it we're was. left with, Churro. An idea for a novel from Scholastic for the Kingdom Hearts series. Not really made at all, and it's canceled. Churro, this is a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a mess. Seems like a a whole lot of mess for a whole lot of nothing. And I think the moral of the story is for projects like this, where it's just like comes out of left field story related project for Kingdom Hearts. I'm always going to give it a big eyebrow raise because these things have come and gone. And 100% of the times, They've always gone after they've, you know, come. They've gone. Like, they don't get off the ground. That's the thing. They don't get off the ground. Which is kind of putting me in an interesting predicament because I I really wonder about that Disney Plus animated series that got rumored. I mean, if anybody could get it done, I feel like it's Disney themselves. Because they're an actual stakeholder in Kingdom Hearts. So they I feel like they could get it done. And get it approved by Nomura. If they if they really worked at it. But Schoolastic, no way. No chance. Alright, so <laughs> that was the news. There's not really that much news. So to sort of compensate for that, we got lots of questions today. So this is going to be like, uh, to be honest, more of a question focused episode. So, our first question today comes from Natio, and they ask, In Kingdom Hearts 3, we had a few worlds that had a semi-open world style, while the rest had a more familiar linear layout. How do you feel about this approach? Do you think it was inconsistent? Would you have preferred either all open world or all linear? Hmm. I think it would be very interesting to see how well the Kingdom Hearts series performs when it's open world. Yeah, right? I mean, it I mean, they've shown us with Pirates of Caribbean and Kingdom Hearts 3 as well as Big Hero 6. Yeah. Um it has the potential to be open world, but at the same time it what the I mean with one of the biggest things about Kingdom Hearts is visiting Disney World, so the question becomes how do you fix that? Yeah, because while I, yeah, I would definitely say from a gameplay standpoint, like uh Big Hero Six and Pirates felt really nice to play, and I guess like ar- arguably you could almost say the Toy Story world was kind of open world ish. You know, at least with the uh you know the 
the the toy store. The toy store itself was very like seamless. It was very large. It was sort of like a vertical, you know, setup that was uh, very connected. Um, but yeah, in terms of like gameplay, it felt right. But in terms of like matching the open world style to every single movie that I wonder about. I think there's, there's definitely movies in the Disney universe that open world makes perfect sense. Pirates makes perfect sense. Big hero six, perfect sense. Uh, I think Moana would make perfect sense, especially going off of what we saw with pirates of the Caribbean. But, you know, you look at some of the ones that were more linear in Kingdom Hearts 3, like, Tangled, Frozen. Like, I don't know if I could see an open-world Frozen level or an open-world Tangled level, because those stories were very linear in, in nature and weren't so much about, like, this big exploration of any particular area. It was mostly just, like, point a to point b especially with tangled like they went from the tower to the you know to the castle from the castle back to the tower with you know a pit stop at the ugly duckling that we didn't actually go to in the in the game but like the progression that we went through in kingdom hearts 3 with tangled that was pretty accurate to the movie yep so yeah, I wonder. Like, I do, I do get the the feeling that yeah, m- maybe it was kind of inconsistent feeling because they were all like all over the place in terms of how open they were. But I think that's because you know we're covering a bunch of different movies, so th- they're going to be kind of inconsistent. Unless they do like a No Man's Sky version where you just take off and right, oh, man, and then land. So cool. Yeah, I guess another option. Um, and maybe this will be more possible on 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 PlayStation Five. Is just like okay, so what if so Tangle World overall is linear, but no load screens, everything's seamless. I I feel like that's kind of a, a you know a no brainer that like I think anybody would be okay with. I don't think anybody like really cares if <laughs> there's load screens or not. And if anything, most people would like them to not be there. So, you know, maybe the level layout be, you know, linear, but there not being any load screens. Have it all be seamless. So you could run all the way from the tower all the way to, you know, the castle and not have to encounter any loading screens. Like, I I'd mean, be okay with that. They, they almost did a good job with Scala at Kylum, if only you could reach yeah. out to another part of the 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 world right uh i really like the uh scala ad kylum in uh what should we call it in uh remind that area there was great mm-hmm. like the way that was all laid out so yeah I, I mean i really love the way the more open levels from kingdom hearts feel so i hope in the future we get more things like that uh, but I definitely understand that maybe for some movies it doesn't quite fit. But yeah, I don't know. It, for me, I, I feel like I'm okay with some inconsistency just because Kingdom Hearts by nature is inconsistent. Like we're going to a bunch of Disney World, so like yeah. it's not necessary to have everything match the same style. So, uh, yeah, uh, and then this uh, next question comes from uh, uh, Carlos Mendez, and Carlos Mendez asks, I feel Pirates of the Caribbean gets a bad rap because of all the uh, because of the bad music in the PS2 version, but it's actually a really solid world. In your opinion, what is the most underrated Disney world in the Kingdom Hearts series? Wait, Pirates got a bad rap in Kingdom Hearts 2? <laughs> that's news to me and i from what i've heard everybody enjoyed the music in fact people were more disappointed that the you know he's a pirate wasn't played in kingdom hearts 3 yeah so i don't know where where this was coming from yeah <laughs> but i, I to, think they might mean like the 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 crappy horns that's on the ps2 version not the not the uh 
the modern remake uh or not remake the remixes where we have the live uh music samples mm, could be that but to answer your question um i feel underratedness mhm I, I i'm my personal choice would be um the grid oh now, okay because i love tron you know i i love the aesthetics of tron and I just enjoy the world so much, but at the same time, the world gets a lot of flack from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So I personally think that the grid is basically an underrated world. I wish it would. I wish, yeah, it could have done a little bit more, and it could have. I, I feel like if anything, that's that's probably the world that's let down by the music, only because the you know the the movie had Daft Punk. You know, you're not going to get Daft Punk for Kingdom Hearts, no, no, no. but, <laughs> no. you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, everything else, I love everything else about the world, you know, especially, yeah. especially the fact that they included, you know, the main characters from the film, you know, yeah. their lookalikes, they're very, really good lookalikes. Yeah, for sure. And it was all, all done on the 3DS. Yeah. So that's really impressive. To me, I feel that world is very underrated. But it's yeah, just to me, uh, it's like. I agree. The only thing I just didn't like was the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think yeah, most people probably agree with that. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'm I'm with you on uh, on Tron. Uh, I think probably for me, I'd probably go with a classic one, Tarzan. I know Tarzan. it gets a lot of bad rap for some good reasons, like the the level layout is really confusing. It is, and there's some weird parts. You know, uh, I'll just point out, for example, remember that one part where you have to hit the big fruit and it's like really hard to target the big fruit, especially in that small little room. Right. And it's yeah. that OK, so not great. And I would say, yeah, gameplay wise, platforming wise, like it's very platforming heavy in Kingdom Hearts one. And a lot of people don't like the platforming. But I really like the story there. And I know there's even people that don't really like the story because they say it's filler, like you could cut it out and it wouldn't matter. But what I feel like that world does is it allows Sora, Donald, and Goofy to finally have a really great world together where they can have character growth and characterization and we can see their relationship together. Especially how the world started with them arguing Exactly, yeah. And then, basically, the lesson that, you know, Tarzan taught Summer Donald and Goofy that to rely on your friends, you know, or exactly. also end up like Clayton. Exactly. And that, that ends up being, like, a really important thing later in the future in the game. And, you know, especially now when, with a lot of Kingdom Hearts worlds, you know, we we tend to end up in a very similar formula where... You know, Sora, Donald, and Goofy end up in a world. They bump into a Disney character in trouble and distress. They figure out what's going on with them. They start helping them out. Like, it ends up in a very similar track for a lot of worlds in, you know, more recent Kingdom Hearts games. So to have something that sort of breaks off that path and goes to, you know, actually developing Sora, Donald, and Goofy and their relationship together, I really like that. And, uh, you know, whenever I go back and replay Kingdom Hearts now, uh, you know, that experiencing that world is actually kind of refreshing. Yep. Especially the fact that we'll never see Tarzan ever again. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be remembered as the world that got a one-off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a rare one in Kingdom Hearts, so I guess we can enjoy that for what it is. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, I would say, uh, Tron, uh, Tron is a good one for me, Tarzan. I'm sure a lot of people probably feel Lion King, Pride Lands is probably better than, you know, people think about it, but I don't know. I, I'm Pride still not Lands, a huge I, fan. I enjoyed Pride Lands, but I just wish the only thing I hated, I mean, the one thing that really disappoints me about Kingdom Hearts 2 is that gameplay wise they gave you all these things but yet in some worlds it's like meaningless like no drive yeah. forms you know everything's limited because of you know sorrow the keyblade in his mouth so it's like yeah i feel that namara gave us all his things only just to like limit <laughs> what you can do yeah. with them 
That's true. And I guess like the most controversial pick might be uh, Atlantica from Kingdom Hearts 2. Definitely, because... uh... (laughs) Yeah, that music (laughs) minigame. Music minigame and uh, the, uh, what's it called? And just the Sora singing, Sora singing, and then the, even the gameplay in Kingdom Hearts One, was yeah, really, was kind of bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just Atlantica in general, not great. Yeah. Probably the best Atlantica is probably in Chain of Memories because you don't have to deal with the swimming. There you go. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I think that's uh that 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 probably wraps that one. And sure, if we take this next question. All right, this one's from Alex Troutman, and they write, "Hey, Brandon." You finally made me need to ask this. You've said quite a few times you'd love to see a new starting part for Kingdom Hearts, like Yakuza did with with, uh, Yakuza 0. I haven't played Yakuza Yakuza 0, and I imagine many others in the audience haven't as well. What does Kingdom Hearts 0 look like? What's the story? Maybe this could be full full segment on an episode. Okay, so... uh, First, you gotta play Yakuza 0. It's so good. But... I think that's a good question. Um, yeah, good point. I think, yeah, you're probably right. There probably are a lot of people that haven't played Yakuza 0, so they don't uh, understand where it fits and what it did for Yakuza. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can explain uh, some of that. I don't know if I can like fully concept out what a Kingdom Hearts 0 would be, but uh, I can at least uh, give you some ideas for uh, what about Yakuza 0 was so great and then maybe how it could apply to Kingdom Hearts. So uh, the original Yakuza was not the greatest starting point for the series. Uh, Yakuza 1 straight up was not a great game. And as the series went on, it got more polished. They figured out the formula. uh, Gameplay systems got better. Quest design got better, main story got better, a lot of things got better. So, in a similar way, while Kingdom Hearts has a great story, I'm sure, you know, we could all agree gameplay-wise and level design-wise, mission-wise, Kingdom Hearts has progressed for the better over the years. So, from a functional standpoint... What Yakuza 0 does for Yakuza is it gives people a brand new starting point that has all the production values of the current series, all of the gameplay advancements, quest design advancements, everything that they've learned over the years, they've applied that to a game that took place canonically before Yakuza 1 and then actually replaces Yakuza 1 as the best starting point for a new fan. So that being said, I probably haven't been clear on this in the past, so I will be clear on it now. I think storyline-wise, Kingdom Hearts 1 is the best place to start. Storyline one, storyline-wise, we're already there. But, as we've, you know, talked about many times, Kingdom Hearts 1 gameplay-wise, storyline uh quest-wise, uh, level design wise, mission wise, you know, there's a lot to be desired there from a, uh, you know, uh, from probably a modern gamer coming to the series for the first time. Uh, so obviously, yeah, a remake could solve that. That could happen. But what I'm thinking is, I would rather there be a brand new starting point that could give somebody the experience that is on the quality level of what we're used to now in Kingdom Hearts, but is standalone enough that you could start there and be fine, and, and this is the beauty of Yakuza 0, would point to Kingdom Hearts 1 as the next game to play. So that's what Yakuza 0 does. It's a new starting point that is uh, a brand new game at the same level of quality has all the bells and whistles of a modern Yakuza game, and then points and tells the the player, once they've finished, go play Yakuza 1. Let me ask now you this. that we've got you hooked, now that you like the game, now go play that first game. And not go tell a brand new fan that's never played Kingdom Hearts before, 
after they've seen like a trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4, this Unreal Engine 5 sexy beautiful thing, go play Yakuza or go play uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, this game from 2002 that has, you know, problems admittedly. You know, after you already have fallen in love with the series, then go do that. I feel like that's a much smaller ask. So, you ask the question, what's the story? Great question. I my inclination is that it would need to be somehow either in the it's got to be either in the future or in the past, one or the other, and ultimately point to Kingdom Hearts 1 as being the next game that you should play next. Now, thinking about that logically, that's kind of what Birth by Sleep was. I was gonna mention. I was gonna ask you that question. I was be like, "Yeah, well, what isn't is, that Birth by Sleep?" Yeah, I was like, "Where does Birth by Sleep fit in?" Because that's technically Kingdom Hearts Zero, right? Here's the problem that Birth by Sleep fell for that Yakuza Zero did not. Yak, uh, uh, Birth by Sleep is hardcore a prequel. It is not a new starting point. So what's the difference? A prequel has quite a bit of a requirement of the player to know content from prior games. And a prequel, if if you start there, will spoil elements of future games to new players. I would say the classic example of this sort of prequelitis symptom is in Star Wars with the prequel films, the prequel trilogy. If you watch Star Wars in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 order, you will know everything about Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, everything, and it completely ruins every plot twist from episode 4 and 5. You lose out everything about the origins of Luke Skywalker, about who Darth Vader really is in relation to Luke Skywalker. I'm sure if you've seen Star Wars, you know what I'm talking about. If you watch it in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 order, you ruin arguably the best movies in the fi- in the series by watching it in that order. I don't think Birth by Sleep has that exact problem, but that's what you fall into with Birth by Sleep, and that's why it kind of fails a little bit as being a brand new starting point for new fans. You could start there. It is the, you know, zero point of the series, but it doesn't really function as a brand new starting point. Yakuza 0 assumes you know nothing, spoils nothing, vaguely hints at things, but does not require any knowledge and doesn't spoil anything that happens in the future. That's the beauty of what Yakuza 0 does in comparison to what Birth by Sleep does. And Churro, there's another game that could do that. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Key. There you go. Union Cross. That's another thing. What's the difference with that? Union Cross. Okay, storyline-wise, Union Cross at least from the beginning, doesn't fall into the same trap of spoiling stuff from future in the series. The trap that it falls into is it's not a Kingdom Hearts game gameplay-wise. Gameplay-wise, it doesn't relate to Kingdom Hearts whatsoever. And that's, again, the beauty of Yakuza 0. Yakuza 0 is a numbered Yakuza game that is console-quality, has the exact same mission structure as the game that came right before it, which was Yakuza 5, the last PS3 Yakuza game. It was on that level, if not better. So, you know, the the ideal that Yakuza 0 presents for us is console quality, numbered quality, main series title, all the bells and whistles, highest level production value, not a portable game, doesn't require you to know anything about the series, and at the end of it, tells you to play the first game in the series. Which also brilliantly, they released a couple years later a uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which basically took all the systems from Zero and remade Yakuza 1. So the, it actually told you to play another good game in the series. So. I, need to, I need to play that on stream. I have uh, right? Kiwami. Yeah, Kiwami's great. 
Uh, I would still say Zero first, then Kiwami, but like, yeah, Kiwami's also good. Uh, oh, I do have Zero, I believe. I have to look for it. Yeah, Zero, zero is like... Okay, so coming soon to my stream would be Yakuza. I, yeah. The only Yakuza game I played on stream was Like a Dragon. I played about maybe not barely a fourth of it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I haven't played Like a Dragon yet, but I, I actually hear that Yaku, uh, Like a Dragon is actually kind of similar, where you could start there. That's a, like another new starting point for the series. Yep, it, it is, because like, it mentions really nothing from like from what I know about the Yakuza series. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, the uh, if anybody's interested uh, storyline-wise how they do that, um, basically the character that is in Yakuza Like a Dragon, Yakuza 7, has been in prison throughout the entirety of what happened in the Yakuza series. So basically, he skipped Yakuza 2. He doesn't know what happens either. So he's completely in the dark. And my understanding is, for people that know the series, they'll see uh, resulting things of what has happened in prior Yakuza games, but that the stuff that they see is completely not important isn't required to know the main plot. It's completely a standalone thing otherwise. And I think that's kind of the main lesson that I like to take from the Yakuza series and why it's a little hard for me to answer what is the story specifically in this sort of situation because with Yakuza, it's never, it's not really that I want it to specifically copy what the story does. I just see that as a guide, as a uh, aspirational uh, game, what it does is it has a lot of really great standalone stories. And so far, Kingdom Hearts has never done anything standalone. The only thing that's currently standalone in any way is Kingdom Hearts 1. And that's currently like the big problem in the Kingdom Hearts series is that we only have one of those games. Currently in Yakuza, we have uh, Zero. Technically, you could start at Kiwami because that's, you know, it is Yakuza 1 and that's it was originally designed to be a starting point game. So there's Zero, Kiwami, and Seven, or Like a Dragon. So that's three starting points, three possible starting points for the series. For Kingdom Hearts, we have Kingdom Hearts 1. Maybe you could argue Union Cross, but like I said, you know, someone that plays Union Cross and really gets addicted to it and falls in love with it may not necessarily like the gameplay style of actual Kingdom Hearts. And Union Cross does not train you or give you any idea of what the gameplay is like in regular kingdom hearts so that's sort that's sort of my my spiel on that um what's the story it it really doesn't matter it could be anything it could be you know from sora's perspective it could be it could literally be kingdom hearts 4 it could be kingdom hearts 4 sora goes to the new realm of unreality and let's just cut off everything related to uh, Xehanort. All that Xehanort stuff is resolved. You know, we canceled Dark Road. We canceled all that stuff. Master Master's fine. He's he's vague enough as it is. We don't need to bring up his past. Um, keep everything very contained within the realm of unreality. And then maybe somehow point to the fact that all of this started in Kingdom Hearts 1 to people have a soft reboot for the series more or less and uh that that's basically what i'm looking for and that's why i always talk about yakuza 0 as being a shining example because it presented a new starting point for a series at a modern level of quality and also at the end of the game you know gives you a really strong desire to go back and play the first thing in the series and get you interested in the series for real and yeah, I think I always feel like that's a lot more compelling to me compared to start at, you know, you like this really interesting, cool looking new game. Tough luck, sucker. You got to go play uh, 30 other old games before you're allowed to play this new game, which I think, you know, Kingdom Hearts, unfortunately, has that kind of a lot right now because of the fact that you can't you can't start at the, <laughs> at the latest game in the series. You start at Kingdom Hearts three, you're gonna probably not end up liking Kingdom Hearts. That's just that's the reality what happened of it. when Kingdom Hearts three came out. A lot of people just yeah went and went started playing it, thinking, and then they got upset because they understood nothing. 
Exactly. Like, yeah, that, and that's the thing. Like, people saw all those trailers at E3. You know, they were on the Xbox stage, so they targeted, like, a wider range of people. And then they see all the Disney. They see the Frozen. They see the Let It Go. They see the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that looks awesome. I want to play that. And they go to try to play the r- most recent game in the Kingdom Hearts series, and they end up not liking Kingdom Hearts and might even end up resenting it. And my, they my, might my even, like... My only thing is, yeah. is that... They, they took forever to release the other games on the Xbox. Yeah. Like, it was like, problem. what, like a year later? That's so true. Yeah. So, that, that that's the main thing. That's the main thing. So, uh, I guess uh, the too, too Long Didn't Listen is um, a high-quality number title, standalone story, points at Kingdom Hearts 1 as being the next game to play. You give me all those three things, that's my Kingdom Hearts Yakuza 0. It could be Kingdom Hearts 4, it could be Kingdom Hearts Negative Infinity, doesn't matter where it takes place storyline-wise, that's the basic uh, formula for what Yakuza 0 presented. Okay, and then this last question comes from my dog Vanitas, and uh, they ask, At the beginning of the Kingdom Hearts series, Mickey was shrouded in a lot of mystery, and therefore, he was really interesting, but now... I feel like there isn't really much to Mickey in in the Kingdom Hearts series anymore. He's just another character that's involved in the plot sometimes, but he could have just as easily been swapped out with any other character in those situations, and the story would have worked out the same. Uh, is Mickey destined to? <laughs> is Mickey destined to the fate of a? Uh, t- is Mickey destined to fade into obscurity like late era Tien and and Yamcha from DBZ? Ouch. That's a big ouch there. But I do agree that Mickey was shrouded in mystery early on. Yeah, and you know now he's just another character. Yeah, but. I don't agree with he could have been easily swapped out for any other character. Yeah. Because Mickey himself still holds, he still has information based on his teachings from Yin Sid that yeah. other characters don't know. That's so, true. You know, so basically, because of Mickey's iconic status as, you know, the king, you know, then he has certain, you know, learnings and teachings that other characters won't have. Not even like Riku. You know, yeah, yeah. Riku's a master, but he only has you know things that only masters can learn. But he doesn't have yep. the same knowledge as Mickey does. So honestly, I I can see that. You know, unfortunately, that Mickey not being forthcoming with the information he has learned for you know Sora and the gang, it kind of caused you know a little bit of problems. You know. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes to, like, you know, the Birth by Sea trio, you know, and and during Kingdom Hearts 2 when, you know, when, you know, they, they kind of got upset at Mickey for, you know, keeping it, you know, sore in the dark about Riku. So it's like, it's kind of like, Mickey's still needed. Yeah, he's definitely I, still needed. I, I also feel like if there's any negative... uh feelings towards mickey i think it's as a result of the fact that he's sort of uh the uh, scapegoat for a lot of the you know uh quote-unquote uh plot problems that kingdom hearts has like oh you know if the birth by sleep trio have existed this whole time you know uh you know they, they were written after you know kingdom hearts 2 why hasn't mickey mentioned anything about them this whole time you know, so, you know, they come up with reasons and then put the blame on Mickey. So then, you know, if there's any like uh, ill will towards Mickey, it's almost like, you know, in reality, it's just because, you know, well, it's a Band-Aid for the story. It's a Band-Aid to make the story connect together with the more recent titles. So, and I, yeah, I get the feeling Namara understands that, too, because, yeah. And in Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, Mickey was kind of just that character, you know, that hangs around with Riku trying to find Aqua. Then, you know, he had a moment with, you know, Marluxia, Larsine, and Luxord fight. And then after that, he kind of just faded. Yeah. But, like, that's much. why Damara gave him his own scene in Remind. Yeah. You know, with the, you know, 
with the 13 Xehanorts, you know. Mm-hmm. So basically, he kind of made it, he wanted to still make a point that Mickey is still there and he's still a very powerful character. So, yeah. It also yeah. seems like he's got an important mission now, uh, based off of, I believe it was in uh, Melody of Memory when yep. they were uh, charging him with his next mission. Yep. So he's, he's, you know, honestly, I don't really see any other character that would be able to do something, you know, for that new mission that uh, Yen said tasked him yeah, with, especially exactly. how they had to do a hard cut after, you know, Yen said mentioned what his mention would be. You where exactly. he ended up. So basically, I don't think that any, I don't think any other character would, you know, would be up for the task for that. Yeah. I wonder, do you think we'll ever get like a, a, a solid Mickey game, like a game where Mickey's the, the main character? Do you think Disney is uh, ready to allow that to happen? I think, I think, I think so, because especially with, how Mickey was treated in Kingdom Hearts 1 because basically it's a new concept. It's, you know, they didn't understand what, you know, what Nomura had planned for Mickey, the character. So and then you saw him in Kingdom Hearts 2 where, you know, he had more screen time. At the same time, it was more playable. Yeah. You know, then yeah. in days, he became more playable in, you know, multiplayer mode. So it's like, now it's the point to where Nomura can have more, I don't say free reign, but he does have more ability to put Mickey in the spotlight. Yeah, I I agree. I guess one one aspect of Mickey, or I guess not one aspect, but just like something I'm interested about Mickey is just like his general background that we are just only vaguely alluded to when we look at stuff at in uh in disney castle like we can see the lineage of mickey and all the kings king mickeys that came before him and we can see uh with like Minnie mouse in uh in kingdom hearts 2 all the magic that she wields and then the cornerstone of light and there's a lot of like really cool fantasy elements like real like hard fantasy elements that you would you expect more of seeing in like a final fantasy game like straight up mini wields a ring that casts holy like <laughs> that's something that would be in a final fantasy yeah and i and on top of that you know you look at a uh, uh, kingdom hearts 3d and the whole musketeers world and that's that version of events and that storyline and there definitely seems like there's a lot there to Mickey's backstory that, man, it would be so interesting to explore that more. I don't know with the way Kingdom Hearts is now and how it's always go, go, go on the main plot. Like, I don't know if there would ever be an opportunity to go down that route and explore that, but that's just I mean, super con- interesting to me. I mean, considering, um, you know, with what Mickey's going to do and considering that we got three Kingdom Hearts teams, we got, you know, the Union Cross teams wrapping up Union Cross and Dark Road. Yeah. You know, you know, then you got that rumored um, animated show. Yep. For Disney Plus. So basically, right now, everything's like sky is the limit for anything can happen in the Kingdom Hearts series now. You know, from now into 2022, where Nomura's got something for the fans to, you know, anticipate. So, you know, it could be. Because Nomura likes to, you know, especially in the time around Days, Breath by Sleep, and Recoded, where he announced, like, three different projects at the same time. So it's like... Yeah. There's a possibility Nomura can announce three projects yeah, at the true. same time for 2022. Because Nomura said that the announcements he has to make is pretty big. It's a big deal. Yeah. I I, I thoroughly expect, uh, Churro, uh, like, like you mentioned, that this... This next big wave of, of announce or the next announcement that we're gonna get is uh well specifically the 2022 one. I feel like it's gonna be very much like what we got back in uh I guess it was like 2008 maybe yeah. when when we first got those announcements of those three games. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be like that. It's gonna be several things at once. It's gonna be big. Yep. So I I feel that. He I, and then to finally answer that question, no, Mickey is not destined to fade in obscurity. Yeah, especially I don't not think so when either. not when he is. I mean, since the spoilers, you know, don't matter anymore. Since he's be traveling to Scarlet at, at Kylem now on his own. Yeah. So basically, 
You know, he's got something that's big a, to do. That's something big. So it's yeah. You know, if he was finally feeding the security, he would have been like, Yensei would have been like, no, Mickey, you stay here. Yeah. Can, and train. You know, you train, you know, Kyrie or something like that. Help Aqua train Kyrie exactly. or something. But no, he's going off on his own, you know, without Donald and Goofy. Yeah, Mickey's doing something important. He He's not like Kyrie that's being shoved into the training closet yet again. Yeah, so if you want to talk about fading obscurity, it'll probably be it's pretty much Kyrie. Again. Yeah, exactly. It's like shove her in a closet uh, where we can uh, not have to worry about her for a couple of games. Pretty much. Exactly. All right, so yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up our uh, uh, show for today. Our music for this episode is a really cool synthwave remix uh, called D, uh, Dearly Beloved, No Theory, and it comes from Jesterhead on YouTube, so I hope you enjoy that. Uh, our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 30th of March. So, uh, yeah, that basically means that uh, we'll be having an episode release when the PC versions come out. But uh, just fair warning, we will not have played them by that moment. So, sorry. Unless uh, we get some, like, magic early copies, which I doubt. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about those eventually. But, Churro, it's going to be the 19th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts. Oh my episode. god, it's 19 years old. My god, 19. where does the time go? Where does the time go? Exactly. So and that is going to be a great celebration. Not only that, we get Kingdom Hearts on PC. Yep. Um, I, I, hopefully you guys are ready for Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts mods. Oh, I can't wait can't to see wait. what people have in store for that. Yeah, people have done so much crazy stuff with, uh, whatchamacallit, with uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. I mean, even Kingdom Hearts 3 on, on you know, on PS4, so... Just imagine what you could uh, see with uh, all that stuff. I kind of feel, though, like, I don't know, whenever there's, like, these big game collections, if there's ever modding that's done, there's always, like, one game that gets most of the attention, and I kind of feel like that's probably going to be Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3. Those are probably yeah. going to get the attention. And There's uh, there's already a mod where you could actually, uh, you know, in the... Um... Kingdom Hearts three, where you're you're fighting the um, big uh, Heartless Wave. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I forgot his name. Um, Liguero Miguel. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He he modded it so that he replaced all the winners' names with big names from the community on the Union Cross. Oh, that's great. And then um, you know, the fight before where Sora has to fight the the wave himself. Yeah. Well, he modded it so that. It switches between all of the the Guardians of Light. So after Sora deals enough damage, it'll switch to Riku, and then it'll switch to Kyrie, <sighs> then switch to Ventus, the Aqua. That's to, so cool. Um, and to Kyrie and Axel. So basically, it's it's pretty awesome what he's doing now with these mods. And yeah, um, like I said, I can't wait for you know an actual release of kingdom hearts on pc to see you know people can download these mods and try yeah, out these yeah. things that he's doing himself and one of the things i actually want is a first person kingdom hearts ah <sighs> that'd be so weird but because yeah that'd I've, be cool because i've seen it on uh resident evil 2 and resident evil 3 remake somebody yeah. made a first person mod for those games yeah it's definitely possible that can do it so that'd be pretty cool because i, I had high hopes for the kingdom hearts vr yeah and yeah, we all saw what happened with that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely interested in that. I feel like, uh, yeah, the, the sky is the limit, and uh, yeah, the modding community is really going to come up with some great stuff. It kind of reminds me of in like the uh, the Final Fantasy modding uh, community, like for the older Final Fantasies, how they they go back and like do like. Uh, there's a lot of mods that do like gameplay tweaks that do like a complete rebalance of the entire game. So like storyline wise, it's all the same, but then gameplay wise, I mean, they fall, rebalance. Fallout, Skyrim are the same yep. things. I've seen I've seen somebody take uh, for Fallout Four. They they pretty much redid uh, Fallout New Vegas. Wow! In, in Fallout Four, like pretty much, it's pretty much, it's like work in progress. It's like I hear it's almost done. There are yeah. like demos of it already out there. And it's pretty much like like it's like playing a remastered version of Fallout New Vegas, and that's so. And I'm cool. like impressive. Yeah, so 
I, I can't wait to see what people think of. Um, yeah, I, I wonder like how how deep does the rabbit hole go when when it comes to the, you know, what will be possible on PC as compared to, uh, you know, on console. At the very least, with PC, it's going to open it up to a lot more people because right now the the only people that can really do a lot of the console modding, uh, it requires that you have. Uh, you know, an unlocked console of whatever the platform is. So that's going to limit it for a lot of people, especially on PS4. But PC, anybody can mod that. All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, as always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts. And we're number one. Yay. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KH Union. And uh, please remember to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, send them to questions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl. It is goodbye time. We made it. Hey, we did it. We did it. Considering they we s- got news? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, news question mark. They said it couldn't be done, but we, we, we made yet another podcast. Let me let me let me ask you this then. Yeah. Considering the anniversary is coming up in about fifteen days, yeah, do you think we'll get anything? Is what's your prediction? <sighs> besides, you know, Kingdom Hearts PC. So besides Kingdom Hearts PC, I think at the very very least we will absolutely get some sort of message. Is what I think. I don't know yeah. if it'll be from Nomura, but we'll definitely get some sort of tweet out of the official Kingdom Hearts channels. I hope that we can get a message out of Nomura. I don't know if we'll get like an announcement of anything, like any like actual revel- revelation of anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if we got a message that was kind of similar to what we got when um uh Unchained Key and Dark Road were announced to end. I think, and I think Nomura I think was we talking will get about like vaguely about Nomura. the future. I think we will get a message from Nomura. That's got probably, that's, probably that's just, what I'm hoping for. It won't it won't be big, but it'll just be something just mentioning Kingdom Hearts turns 19 today. You know, Kingdom Hearts PC was released, and hope you guys enjoy that. I think the same old type of Nomura type of flair. Yeah, and that he uh, brings out, and then not to mention that uh, Union Cross's update too is going to occur before as well. Right. So yeah, they just finished. Uh, Brick and Ralph, so now they're gonna actually gonna go back to the main story and the yeah. next update. So sweet. So we so we we should be getting something new. But Does that include the the, uh, the English version? Where's the English version at? Uh, I think it's right before the ending of Brick and Ralph. Okay, so they're they're catching up. Yeah, slowly but surely. But so okay, I think cool, we cool. may have something new if 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 you know since Union Cross is ending, you know, at the end of April. So we should be getting. Something really big, you know, yeah. cliffhanger before the final chapter releasing next month. So I'm I'm excited for that. All right. So I I, I have to ask you, Charo, do you think they're going to reveal who uh, the Subject X girl is? Mm, that's a long shot. I think they'll probably give us more what darkness is. Okay. Than yeah. than Subject X. Okay. Yeah, I I, I say that's uh, pretty accurate. All right, well, that that does it for uh, this episode. Uh, Charles, say your buys. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time after Kingdom March turns 19. That's right. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.